0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed Embossed Up podcast. Um, Per usual, I'm really excited about today's episode. I know you guys are looking like, Tatum, what's going on? It's Thursday, sis. (laughs) The podcast comes out on Mondays. What have you been doing? Well, as y'all know, the tour was this past Sunday in Atlanta, and it was so awesome. I couldn't have even, actually at the end of it, When I was going up on the stage to pretty much close out, I heard God say, mission accomplished. And at that moment, I kind of had to take a step back and I cried a little bit. I just praised him a little bit, spoke in tongues a little bit. And I was just, I just had to sit in it for a second because as you guys know, y'all listen to the show, like, I just really take what God wants me to do in this earth seriously. I don't want to just be out here just doing stuff to be doing it like that. I'm not even really about that life. It's, I don't care about any of that. Like I care about completing the things that God wants me to do, especially with this tour, doing a live event, doing the tour was not something that I wanted to do. Um, This was something that God told me to do. And even like numbers wise, I make way more money doing things digitally than live. Like it's a lot that you got to pay for with the venues, the core, people, like it's travel. There's a lot of of expenses that come along with doing a tour. And I'm like, well, I can just sit at home and do the podcast or do trainings or do things that are more virtual that decrease my overhead expenses and make more money. Like, why do I got to go on a tour? Financially, that's not even... That doesn't even make the most sense to do. And so um, nevertheless, I had to be obedient. And so with everything involved in this tour, I'm like, God, you got to do it. This is your thing. I'm being obedient. You got to do it. So the one thing that I look for at the end of every stop is to make sure that we complete what God wants us to complete. And Atlanta was was different from Dallas, but equally effective and I be, in Atlanta me and Kavaya both had like our messages weren't and not to say they weren't encouraging but they were very uh we gave each gave prophetic instructions things that that the people in that room the people in that area needed to take and apply to their lives so that they can get back in the will of God and I believe just in Atlanta in general There is just some spirits running rampant in that area. And I even was telling my husband about it. Like I just, I just felt uncomfortable with, and it's crazy because when I was in high school, I always wanted to move to Atlanta. Like my family will tell you it was always my goal to go to college in Atlanta. I applied to like a school in Atlanta for dance because dance was like the only thing that I felt like I wanted to do with my life back in high school. And I didn't get into the school. Thank God that joint was like 80 grand a year. And Tatum today would have been like looking at Tatum back then like, girl, really? But, um, but yeah, so I didn't get into the school. So I never went, but I always wanted to move there. That was just like my thing. And it wasn't until like recent years, I go there a lot because I speak there a lot. A huge part of my audience is there and I had family there. So it's an area that I frequent. And so, um, It's just been, I've just been noticing just spiritually, like it's just some stuff going on. And so as we were preparing for the tour, I just knew when it came to Atlanta, like God was going to have some things in store. And when I was preparing my message, I told y'all the title of the message was when the weight is self-imposed. So that sounded good. But when I actually sat down and sought him on the details, like what points I needed to make, what scriptures we needed to talk about, like the particulars of the message, as we were getting into it me and God I was like oh my god we're going there okay <laughs> and so i knew the message on time Kavaya had a very similar message and it's so awesome how the holy spirit works cuz we don't really talk about the details of our messages i don't know what she's talking about till i get there and she don't know what i'm talking about past what i might say on the podcast so um Her message was about how the area needed a reset. And for me, I talked about uh, how a lot of us are in a waiting season longer than what we need to be. And I gave some examples, four different examples of ways that we've pretty much gotten outside of the will of God. Um, And, or not we, but the people in the area have gotten outside of the will of God. And so. It was a serious message, but at the end, we prayed those things out. I mean, we uprooted some strongholds. We decreed some things that were established. And I I genuinely believe that everybody who walked out of there left whatever needed to be left in that room. And my prayer is that they don't pick it back up. Because a lot of times we surrender some things to God, we leave it at the altar and then we pick it back up. So that's just been my prayer after the event for them to leave those things there. But God said, mission accomplished. And I was like, "Bet I can go home now with peace." And so um, I actually left that same night. I left after the event was over. I got something to eat with my family, and then I came home. But, um, but yeah, after getting home, things have just been like a whirlwind. I'm working on a show for somebody in LA, and so just coming back to get in the thick of that because the show is launching in September. So we in the development stages. So then just. Making sure my team is in place to go to L.A. I was going to go myself, but thank God for a team, man. So I'm able to send my team there to um do what needs to be done. And so we got this show in the works. So it's a lot going on with that. I had another opportunity come up prior to leaving for Atlanta that I'm super excited about. And I'm believing in God that if it is in his will, then that's mine as well. And if it's not cool, <laughs> you know, the next one will come. But, um, so yeah, I've been like busy, y'all. And in addition to that, trying to like rest, and I've been fasting the last couple of days because, as we know, today and I've strategically, I was going to do the podcast like yesterday or the day before, but I wanted to wait until the first of the month. And I've been fasting the last couple of days because I wanted to end July, the seventh month, I wanted to end it. Where I everything that God has been wanting to do in me, in my body, in my my spirit, in my life, like whatever that everything that was still pending completion, I wanted it to just be completed. And I wanted to enter into this new season, into this new beginning, into this new month. Refreshed. I want to enter it. I want to enter into it without any residue of old things. And so that's pretty much what I've been fasting about and just seeking God on like fresh revelation and fresh vision for what he wants me to do and just really seeking him and sitting at his feet, honestly. And so in doing that, he gave me the message for today's show and I knew it would be perfect to wait until today August 1st to record this and send this out to you guys but um, before we get into that I want to remind y'all to like subscribe to the podcast rate the podcast Um, tell us what you think what else follow me on Instagram at Tatum Tamiya T-A-T-U-M-T-E-M-I-A if you have not gotten your ticket Chicago is up next and then DC is like right after Chicago so DC and Chicago, get your tickets. You can go to godismyceotour.com to get your tickets. I'm really excited about what's going to happen in Chicago. And of course, about what's going to happen in DC. DC is like, that's where I'm from. I'm born and raised in PG County, right outside of DC. I live in DC now and I, in the city now. And I'm just like super duper excited about dc because it's my home turf i got some guests that's going to be coming some profits that's going to be in a building i'm just excited about both stops so chicago i'm hype i never been to chicago before i'm give me some deep dish pizza i'm gonna give you a word and give me some pizza it's going to be an amazing time so if you are close to chicago in the midwest area get your tickets if you are up north anywhere that you can get to dc come to dc All right, that's it for the church announcements. Let's get into, let's take a quick break and pay a bill. And then let's get into the word that God wanted me to share with you today. This episode is brought to you by Lightstream. Since I'm married to an accountant, I have a lot of conversations about budgets, credit cards, interest rate, etc. And while they're annoying, they're extremely helpful to make sure that we're on the right path to build wealth and that we're not paying more in interest than we need to. Have you looked at your interest rates lately? The average interest rate on a credit card debt is over 19% APR. You don't need to be a financial expert to know that consolidating debt into a low fixed rate can save you thousands of interest. With Lightstream, you can pay off your high-interest credit cards with a credit card consolidation loan. You can get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay, much lower than a national average rate on credit card debt. The application is 100% online, and you can even get your money as soon as the day that you apply. Apply today at lightstream.com slash blessed and get an additional interest rate discount. That's lightstream.com slash blessed for an additional discount. That's L I G H T S T R E A M.com slash blessed subject to credit approval. Rate also includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash blessed for more information. Let's get back to the show. Okay, let's get into the message for today. This isn't really going to be an episode where I'm breaking down certain points. This morning, I told y'all I'm fasting. So as I was driving to my office, God was like, pull over. And I was by some by some water. By, If you're familiar with DC, I was by like the Jefferson Memorial and it's like water over there. And I pulled over into this little parking area and I got out and I'm like, well, shoot, if he's telling me to pull over, then I know stuff about to get real. And I took my notebook out. And up until that point, I had been in the car just really praising and worshiping. I prayed this morning at five with Kristen. And then we had for the Blessed and Bossed Up Society, we had a prayer call this morning and we're fasting together today. And um, so as I was in the car, I was just really just praising and worshiping God. And so as I as I wrapped that up is when he told me to pull over, pull over get the get my notebook out my uh bag and I just go walk by the water and he began to download in me a lot about myself and what he needs from me in August and so I'm really excited because actually right after he told me that it was confirmed through something I was listening to as I pretty much was on my way into the the office when I got back in the car it was immediately confirmed and so um I'm not really going to share what he shared with me, but he downloaded a lot for me and instructions for myself and what I needed to do in this season to prepare for the places and the nations that he's sending me to and the things that he has for me. So I'm definitely going to be doing those things. But as far as this podcast is concerned, he wanted me to share a word with you guys. So the word he wanted me to share is my people are in a tug of war. The enemy is tugging them and so am I, but they need to put the rope down and pick a side. Let this month of new beginnings not be what I can do new for them, but what they can do new to commit to me. I made many covenants with them, but when are they going to make a real covenant with me? There have been too many breaches of contracts. So that was it for that particular word. And I think it was, um, I mean, it was super quick and honestly, straight to the point. And I know you guys may have been expecting something that was more like, I'm about to do a new thing in your life and the windows of heaven going to open and all that. Y'all might've been expecting one of those hype you up words, but I think God is really trying to hold us accountable. I believe that we are in a season where there are a lot of systems and things being uprooted. There are a lot of people who, um, in high places that are being removed, there are a lot of, of people who say they are of God who are being and will be exposed in this season. And I believe that there also are a lot of Davids, a lot of people who are just living their lives, seem not seemingly doing anything spectacular or maybe doing a little something, something, but not at the platforms of the souls. And God wants to do some things in you and do some things through you. But you're in this tug of war. You're in this space where you're not fully committed to what he, what it is that he wants you to do. You're not fully committed to the process. It's like, you say, you want to do the things of God. Like you say, um, okay, Tatum did this show and create the atmosphere. I did the fill the gap worksheets. I've been listening to the podcast and doing the various assignments she's had me to do, but then I fall off. Or I say I'm going to read my Bible more and I'm going to do these things, but then I fall off. Or I say that I'm going to um, commit myself full force in the things of God, but then somebody calls and asked me to go to this brunch. And then somehow I ended up at a day party or whatever, like whatever the circumstance may be. I believe that there, like he said, that there is this tug of war, but you have to make a decision. You can't, the Bible says that you were neither hot nor cold. You were lukewarm. So I spit you out of my mouth. Like that is a a serious thing that God said. There's even a scripture that I said in um, Atlanta. Let me find it. It's first Corinthians 10 21. It says you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. So God is very clear when it comes to his word about how you need to pick a side. And I was even thinking about the podcast the last couple of weeks and how we've been kind of building up one thing, building up one over the other and some things we've had to repeat on the show and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, God, why does it seem like we're? staying on or hovering around this same space? Why does it feel like I'm getting a little bit repetitive here? And I believe that the reason why it's been like that is because God is really pushing you guys. Like there's some of you who are listening every week, but you're not doing it. And you're saying, you hear me, you may have signed up for to get the worksheet and you ain't even sat down and used it yet. You may have said, oh yeah, I'm gonna do the create the atmosphere assignment, but you haven't done it yet. And I believe that this is like the last call (laughs) for no alcohol. (laughs) This is like the last call to pick a side. You're in a tug of war. And sometimes it's not even the tug of war is not like, let's say, um, going off the deep end. Like it's not a tug of war to, let's say, get drunk 24/7 all day and living for God. Sometimes it's the tug of war of simply doing something you don't feel like doing just because God told you to like, it doesn't always have to be like, like I've said before, these grandiose things is God is a God of details. He's a strategic guy. So is we have to really decide once and for all, because I don't really want to stay on the subject. <laughs> so hopefully this is the last time I have to talk about this, but once and for all, we have to drop the rope and choose a side. I I was thinking as I wrote this word down and got ready to say it on this show about, um and the, specifically the part where God says, I've made my covenants with him. He's made many promises to us. Open the Bible, there are tons of them. He's made many promises to us. And for whatever reason, and then and, and he said like, when are we going to make a covenant with him? There's so many breaches of contract. And I, I began to think about, Something that I've been going through in my life privately and how time after time I've had to stop and make a decision of am I going to do what God said and trust in his word or am I going to do what's practical or am I going to do what anybody else would do in this situation? I'm going to give you an example that's not my situation when it's time for me to talk about that. I will, but it's not right now. So, um, let's take, for example, if you were trying to buy a house and your credit was preventing you from buying a house, this was not our situation. Okay. But let's say the, um, credit is keeping you from buying a house, but then God said, you're going to be able to buy a house with your credit, the way that it is. Okay. That's God's promise that you're going to buy a house with your credit, the way that it is, but your circumstances are saying you can't purchase a house because you're because of the way your credit looks. Now practicality, practical wisdom which makes a lot of sense would say, why don't you go see a credit specialist and have them help you fix your credit so that you can be able to to purchase your house. Now that makes sense, right? That's the smart thing to do. but God said, That you're going to buy your house with the credit that you have. Now, I'm not telling y'all don't go fix your credit. I'm just trying to give you an example here. So don't take this literally. Just listen to what I'm saying. You have to then make a decision. Okay, this credit is keeping me from getting a house. All my friends and family are saying, oh, you need to go and get your credit fixed. Oh, I know this person. He fixed my credit. Or why don't you go do this so that you can get your credit fixed so you can buy a house? But God said... You need to, that you're going to be able to purchase a house with your credit as is. Now it can be extremely frustrating because it's like, well, why don't I just go and see what's going on with my credit? So then I can be able to fix it and I can be able to buy a house. Yes, that's smart. That makes sense. But that's not what God is trying to do in this season. So then you have to then make a decision. What you're going to do? Who are you going to believe? and not believe by just what you say, but who are you going to believe through your actions? Who are you going to trust? Trust is the key word here because trust is what's keeping a lot of us from being obedient. And trust is what's, because trust is keeping us from being obedient, our lack of obedience is keeping us from the things that God wants to give us. So going back to this situation, who you have to make a decision you can't like this is the tug of war it's like practical wisdom or practicality tells me to do this but god's wisdom says to 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 trust in the lord uh, your god and lean not to your own understanding that's wisdom versus practicality that needs to be a whole message in and of itself but um but yeah, you have to decide which one you're going to do. And so for me, for my, in my personal situation, that's kind of what I've been battling. And so that's what I was, that's, that kind of tug of war between wisdom, what God said, and practicality is kind of what I've been battling. And um, when I was thinking about this this morning, I was taken taken back to that moment in my closet back in like 2016, I think. It might've been 20. No, it was 2016. Me and BJ were together. I kind of use our relationship as a a, <laughs> a measuring stick of where I've been at in certain years. But it was in 2016 when I was in my closet. And that's when that was the whole I told y'all the story about watching Fervent and going, to, I mean, watching War Room and finding the book Fervent in the library. So in, in my closet that day, I made a covenant with God saying that if he lit a fire on the inside of me for him, that I will always walk in tune with what he wants me to do. I made that covenant that day. So whenever, so as I'm in this situation in my personal life, and as I was thinking about it again this morning, I'm always taken back to that day. That's when I made a contract with God. That's when I made a promise to him that I would follow his plan for my life. So then when I face circumstances where even the smart thing to do is, or the the practical thing to do is different from what God tell, told me Is his will for my life and not just his will, but the way that he wants to do something in my life, then I have to then make a decision. Am I going to breach this contract or am I going to stand on what God said? So am I going to go to this credit specialist and get my credit fixed because that's practical or am I going to let my credit stay jacked up because God wants to get the glory for what he's going to do here, what he's going to do in this particular situation. And I hope that was a good example. I thought of that one on the fly. (laughs) But I really wanted to just illustrate to you guys the importance of picking a side and also get you to understand that it's not easy. It's not going to be an easy decision, but it's one that you have to consciously make. So one thing I want you guys to do as we enter into August, as we enter into this new month is I want you to consciously make the decision to walk in alignment with what God wants And that's a decision that you're going to have to make every single day because it's difficult. Sometimes we just get ahead of ourselves. You know what I mean? We're human, so we have to consistently... Um, deny our flesh so that our, uh, we can be in alignment with God. But I just want you to understand the importance of this season, this, this eighth month, this new beginning is to not focus so much on what you want God to do in your life, but make a decision and focus on what you need to do so that you can make that and keep that covenant with him. And as you're doing that, get to the root of your trust issues cuz like i said before the reason why we're not fully obedient is because we're not trusting god and a lot of times the reason why we don't trust god is because of the way someone else betrayed our trust in the natural and unfortunately a lot of us have like daddy issues and things like that or mommy issues and that's keeping us from being able to trust god the father because our fathers and the natural or our mothers in the natural betrayed our trust so that's something that you may have to do in this something new that you may have to do in this new month is forgiveness. So that, so that you can be able to keep your promise to God. Forgiveness may be something that you need to, to do, but whatever it is for you, seek him on what those trust issues are, why you haven't been able to trust, trust him so that you can be, so that now you can, um, begin to keep that promise and be able to be more obedient. And I want to remind you guys of the blessings for obedience. So Deuteronomy 28, the first few verses talk about blessings for obedience. And so I'm going to read those to you guys and write that down so that you can go and read it for yourself because right after the blessings for obedience, it goes into the curses for disobedience. So I really, I think this really personifies the, I don't even know if that was the right word, but this really shows you the seriousness and the direct result of either being disobedient and being obedient. And also remember, there is no lukewarm. It's either you're hot or you're cold. So if you straddle in the fence with God, you might as well be cold because you are want to fall into the cold category in his book. But in Deuteronomy 28, here are some of the blessings for obedience It says if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God, your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offsprings of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. And wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord, your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord, your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will... Never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord, your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you head and not the tail. You will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I am giving you today, nor follow after any other gods and worship them. So I'm going to challenge you guys to go and read this for yourself, because right after that, it goes into the curses of disobedience and a lot of us like to say i'm the head and not the tail i'm the the lender and not the borrower." thus a blessing for those who are obedient not those who straddle on the fence let's let's be all the way clear here so again you guys god said that you're in a tug of war let's put that rope down get to the root of what's causing us to not trust him so that we can then be obedient and reap these new blessings these this all of these things that we are believing in him for so I'm gonna go ahead and put a pin in it right there. I got a question I really wanna answer so I'm gonna leave time for that. Um, so yeah, that's it for this part. Let's pay a bill and then um, I'll come back and answer that question. This episode is brought to you by EmberWave. EmberWave is the first wearable thermostat that helps you feel colder or warmer at the press of a button. Science shows that warming or cooling sensitive areas of your body, like your wrists, improves your overall comfort. Just like running your wrist under cold water provides a refreshing chill, and cupping your hands around a hot drink gives a comforting sense of feeling warm, EmberWave cools or warms your wrist with precisely engineered thermal waves. This generates the perfect sensation that works naturally with your body and mind to help you feel five degrees more comfortable in minutes. Most public places, heat or cool spaces, aiming for a temperature that is comfortable for only 80% of the population, leaving many people like me thermally underserved. Not feeling thermally comfortable can contribute to a loss of productivity, increased stress levels, and can be personally mentally exhausting. I can attest to this because my office is always super duper cold, leaving me uncomfortable and unable to focus without bundling up somehow. But what's great about Ember is that it helps me warm up while I'm in the office and then it helps me cool down once I get back outside in the summertime heat. Head over to EmberWave.com and save $50 with code BLESSED at checkout. Again, that's EmberWave.com. E-M-B-R wave.com and save $50 with code blessed at checkout. Let's get back to the show. All right, let's answer a question. If you want to submit a question to be answered on the show, shoot me an email Tatum at Tatum put podcast question in the subject line. So it's easy for me to get to it when it's time to record the show. Um, okay. So this email came in the other day and I thought that it was a really, really good situation that I could give some advice on. Um, I also think it's very important. It's a very important situation. A lot of you guys may find yourselves in, and I want to really do my best to break this down the best way possible while also directing you back to God so that you can operate in wisdom in this type of situation. So the question says, hello, Tatum, my name is not going to say it. I am concerned about my friend that has lost her faith and picked up a new faith to worship her ancestors and African gods. Initially, it started as her working at her mom's small shop. It was not until I visited that I noticed African shrines and a lot of ritual and pagan practices being sold in the shop. So I can see how she was influenced by her mom and placing herself in that shop every week. Nevertheless, I found God calling me to pray and witness the truth. Yet I'm having trouble finding material, i.e. sermons to support my claims that I know to be true about her false gods and my one true living God. Also, in your last podcast, you answered a woman's question that was actually one that I unknowingly needed an answer as well. I do feel that I'm in a season in my life where I am called to distance myself, to focus on my spiritual, spirituality, mental and physical needs. But I understand I should not quit my friends altogether. I believe I need to take them in doses doses and be okay with not partaking in everything for fear of missing out. However, on this weekend, I will be participating in a bachelorette party and I've been praying that I stand strong in my faith. And not to give into temptation to sin, for example, get drunk, gossip, judge, etc. God confirmed his will for me last night when he reminded me of who I'm supposed to be in the eyes of others. One of the girls attending wrote in the group chat a caption below her picture. And she uh, attached a picture of the picture. Um, and the caption she posted read the resounding support for from our ancestors this weekend. And she says, as of this morning, no one liked it, but it reminded me that the devil is working just as hard to keep people from seeing the kingdom of God, along with seeking supportive materials to help my claim. My other question is, have you approached friends and people that openly denounce Christ and promote the worship of African ancestors? So to answer the last question, it's easiest to answer, no, I haven't been in this situation personally, where anybody in my life has denounced Christianity. um, And definitely no one who has promoted the worship of their African ancestors. I've seen this more so, especially like when Nipsey Hussle passed and his mom is kind of on this whole ancestor wave as well. And um, I definitely see more people. I've even read articles about how a lot of people are leaving Christianity and, going to these type of spiritual practices. In addition to all of the other new age stuff that we've talked about in the show, we see a lot of people going into. So um, it's definitely a thing I want to address. First, you said that you're having trouble finding material. Now, the only I want to be very clear that the only material that you need to support your claims is the word of God. Now, what I believe is happening here is that you are looking for sermons and things to to pretty much rid yourself of the responsibility of doing the deep dive yourself. So what I would have you do first is really get deep into the word on this type of situation or people who are pretty much seeking idols and things like that. Cause there's a bunch of examples of this in the text. So I'm glad that you can't find a sermon because this is something, because this person is in your life. And you said that God called is calling you to pray and witness the truth. So you have to then go into the word is your responsibility now to seek God and, and, um, to seek God on this subject. And the, like I said, the only material that you need is the word. And so this will require some praying and fasting on your behalf and really diving into the scriptures to get an understanding of what's going on with this stuff, like why people are uh, gravitating towards these things, why people in the past have how God feels about this and seek his wisdom as far as how you should handle it. And if you should handle it at all, because only reason I'm even telling you this is because you said that you found God calling you to pray and witness the truth. So if he wants you to do something about it, then, yeah, you want to make sure that you're operating in wisdom, because if she left her faith as far as Christianity is concerned to go into these other things, it's probably because something happened with that relationship. It definitely wasn't God. So something happened to where whomever she was seeking to represent God did something that caused her to turn her back on the faith altogether. Or it may be the enemy may be doing some attractive things in the lives of the life of her mother and whomever else is involved in these things that is drawing her there. So, I don't know her. I don't know the particulars of what happened with Christianity and why she kind of dropped it and picked it back up. I do know that a door was open from her working in her mother's shop to where now the enemy is succeeding in pulling her into that. So now your job is to go and seek God on behalf of what it is. It is, if anything, that he wants you to do. And if he is telling you to witness the truth, then you have to be very cautious about how you witness the true, because you, again, don't want to be another one of those Christians that turned her away from it in the first place. So you got to make sure as well that you're operating out of wisdom and also understanding that there is a spirit at work here. And this is why having a gift of discerning of spirits is important so that we're not attacking the individual. We're addressing the spirit that is at work in the individual. And that takes a level of spiritual maturity that I want you to seek God for so that you are dealing with the demon, casting out the demon and not further damaging your friend. Whew, that was a lot to make sure I was speaking correctly because I don't want to be in error with this either. So I have to send you back to God. I have to caution you because if this is your friend, you probably love them and putting myself in your shoes. If I did have a friend that was going this way, I would approach this as delicately as possible because the last thing I want to do is be like, why are you doing that? You know, the other because that's not how people are going to receive it. That's not how you receive, like somebody wants you to do something, them uh, nagging you or knocking you upside the head or whatever is not going to work. And so, like I said, if I was in this position, I would really get before God and be like, what do you want me to do? Because in addition to praying and fasting for my friend and in addition to going to war in the spirit, which I suggest that you do, that you start calling that demon out of your friend, that you start decreeing some things so that they will be established, so that you start binding and loosening some things, that you start exercising the spiritual authority that you have uh, on and, and really going to war and interceding on behalf of your friend. One thing I've learned about leaders in the Bible is that especially like Moses, I talk about. Moses' journey a lot, when the people were rebelling and building these, these pagan gods and getting in and building these altars and things that, that were not of God, he interceded on their behalf all of the time. And then he did whatever God told him to do. So I would suggest that you do the same thing that you intercede on her behalf. And then as far as the witnessing the truth part, do what God tells you to do, because you don't, you really want to handle this in the right way I I believe that the reason why so many people are running towards these other things is because they've been damaged somehow by people who um, were supposed to represent God and a lot of times the people who are representing God are operating with a level of wisdom and integrity and it just causes a whole mess so if I were you again seek God and, and, and about what it is that you're supposed to do and handle this with as much wisdom as possible. At this point, you need wisdom to know how to deal with this particular situation. Um, okay. So then you also said you were going to, okay. So this whole picture, so there, for those of you who listen, the picture is like a shirt or something that says, I can, I can do all things through black people, rhythmically chanting a who strengthens me so it's a little play on of course the scripture but sprinkling some some culture into it i guess um and then it says amen a y e men like a so for those of you guys who are listening who are not of african descent uh who are not in the black community um black people hype each other up often or encourage each other by using the word a it's just a thing that's in the culture. Now, this person took it a little farther with with the caption that you said they they posted. The caption and relates to the relating to the bachelorette party says the resounding support from our ancestors this weekend. So this is what I have a problem with. The the fact that this person is calling on the ancestors or calling on these the enemy, calling on the devil in his in his tribe. For this weekend, this is where I have an issue with. And if I was you, um, I'm not sure if I'm early or late. As far as giving you this advice, I would not go to the bachelorette party. I wouldn't go. It's one thing to pray and intercede for this person and seek God on behalf of them. And another thing to willingly go into somewhere that the enemy has been invited into. I don't really think that I would go. Because now it's like, I don't. I don't, I just don't want to willingly go. I'm not going to have fun. Like, I, why am I going to put myself in an environment, one, where not only are the temptations that I'm trying to keep away from present, like you said, the getting drunk, the gossip, and the judging people. Not only am I here for all of that, all of all, not, not here for all of that, but not only is all of that going to be going on while I'm here, but now this person is uh, ushering in these demonic spirits to be present during this weekend as well. Like... If I could just avoid all that by not going, that's what I would do. And I know it sounds like, well, dang, I can't go to the bachelorette party. Because obviously, if you're going to the bachelorette party, that you're close to the bride. So it can be a tough situation. But at the end of the day, my spiritual life, my me being in alignment with God is way more important than anybody's anything, period. So if I were you, I just would not go. And it's a little tough because it is a bachelorette party and obviously you're close to the bride if you're invited to the bachelorette party. I would really like maybe seek God on behalf of like how to go about it because it is going to suck like the joint coming up. And if you decide not to go, I'm even thinking about me. I didn't have a bachelorette party because we had a destination wedding. So we just kind of did everything while we was in Jamaica. But I know if like one of my friends would be like, Hey, I'm not able to come at the last minute. if We've been planning this or whatever. I would feel a certain type of way. Um, so I definitely would really figure out like, you know, seek God on how you should approach that and how you should have that conversation with her. But Nevertheless, I really just wouldn't go. And just in friendships in general, I know generally you're asking like, how do I maintain my friendships while still trying to go sp- grow spiritually in all of these areas? That was another part of your question. A lot of people, well, your friends will learn how to treat you, if that makes sense. People in general will learn how to treat you and how they what's acceptable and what's not acceptable around you. And when it comes to my friends, they learned, they were seeing the transformation in me um, with me growing in God. So they were knowing like certain things that we're not going to invite Tatum to, or certain things, if we invite her, we know that she's not coming or certain things we just know not to expect. I know one thing in particular, me working on my potty mouth, I don't be out here like cursing up a storm like I used to and I noticed like my friends and stuff they don't curse as much around me it's funny because I never told them like watch your mouth or don't say that don't say this I I mean I just let them be themselves but I have noticed that they don't curse as much around me because now they look at me as somebody who is like growing in God and like out here doing all of these things for God so they start acting different or not doing certain things around me and I didn't have to really do anything I just was myself and allow God to just continue to grow me and still being the friend that they know like we still crack jokes we still have fun we still talk about whatever I've always been like the voice of reason people come to me for advice type of thing so our friendship is really the same it's just the sin aspect is removed from it. And it's I've noticed, honestly, it's really just not been that big of a deal. And they've just adjusted as to the things that um, I don't like to do. Personally, I don't have friends who gossip like that. I don't like gossip, period. And not just because it's not of God, but I just don't like to be around people that talk about people. Because as far as I'm concerned, if as soon as I leave, you're going to be talking about me. I don't want you in my life if you're going to be out here talking about people. So... I, I would reevaluate that all together. Um, but anyway, if you're cool with that, or if you're cool with having friends who gossip all the time, then what I would do to kind of start removing that aspect of our friendship is once they start talking about people, I would change the subject, you know? So if they'd be like, Oh girl, did you hear about such and such? I'd be like, nah, what y'all doing this weekend? Or how was such and such like change the subject or be like, look, if we about to sit here, I'm a bit straightforward. So I would be like, um, you know, we about to sit here and talk about people. I got to go because I, I really don't want to sit here and do that. And they'll either, either adjust or continue. They probably wind up talking about you for real if they sit in there talking about people. But just draw the boundaries where they need to draw. And also your friends will adjust as they see the things that you're willing to accept and the things that you're not willing um, to accept. But then as far as you're concerned, so let's say your friend's Every time they do hang out, it got to be like a party or getting drunk or judging or whatever. Then you start creating environments that are conducive for your lifestyle. So something I do, if I can't make a friend's birthday party or something, because I know they're going to the club or I know they're about to be doing some stuff I don't really do no more, then I will set aside some time or make the effort to arrange something for us to get together. So whether it be some type of outing, I'll arrange for us to do that. So... Honestly, just take the time that you need to take to grow in the ways that you need to grow, and your friends will just see it. You know, your friends will see it and they'll adjust. It don't have to be like this big thing where everybody gets cut off. I have so many friends who I've been friends with for years, years. My best friend Will, that's been on the podcast, we've been friends for over like maybe 15 years. We've been friends, maybe 15 years, we've been friends. And a lot of the stuff, like he's a singer, so he be all in the go-go's and stuff like that. He know I don't do half of that stuff but we're not I don't do any of that stuff that he be into but we're still really good friends and our friendship is not going to end because I'm living my life for God and he's still in the world because then he'll start to see the things that God is doing in my life I've invested in his in his singing career monetarily because of the things that God is doing in my life so he's able to kind of see what's going on and adjust and then he knows too when he's he's like Growing in God or he feels God tugging him in a certain type of way that he can come to me and now I can I'm then able to minister to him. Um, But in the meantime, we hang out in in the ways that don't involve sin. There's a lot to a lot to do. Uh, that does not involve sin. I think that's something that we overlook as young people living for God. There's so much to do. We could travel. We could try new things. We could, I, I personally like to scroll through like Groupon and stuff like that to see what little activities they got. But it's so much that we can do that doesn't involve sin. So just create those environments for your friends. But as far as like the content stuff is like them um gossiping or judging and all of that, draw the, draw the line with that stuff. Don't tolerate it. And also, I ain't trying to judge. I ain't trying to like side out your friends. But like I said, usually when people talk about people all the time, they are talking about you too. So really, as you're praying for your other friend and you're really just growing, ask God who needs to stay, who needs to go and ask for the wisdom to maneuver those things. So that was a long winded answer because we had a lot of different layers to that question. But I hope that helps. I'm going to go ahead and end the show here uh, don't forget to rate the show on iTunes, subscribe, all that stuff. Follow me on Instagram at Tatum Tamiya. And that's it. Talk to you guys next week.